No Doubter Nation, it is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. We are bringing you our weekly college baseball recap, and we're bringing it to you a couple of days, uh, a few days after we normally do, uh, because we are right in the thick of the postseason right now as regionals just finished up at uh, at sites across the country uh, back Monday evening. And so now the uh, the Sweet 16 of college baseball, the Super Regionals, uh, uh, getting ever so closer to... Uh, to Omaha and the field of eight. Got one more big weekend to go to determine that. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to give a brief rundown of uh, how all the regionals turned out this past weekend, preview this uh, upcoming weekend's matchups uh, with the super regionals, and then give uh, predictions for, uh, once again, some update predictions for the uh, field of Omaha eight, because uh, my predictions from uh, last week are going to have to change a little bit <laughs> because <laughs> of uh, how some of these regionals turned out. Yep. Uh, but I'm Travis T-Bone Loffley. Joined here with my co-host Barrett Boombostic, uh, bringing you no doubter as always. How are you doing this evening, Boom? Doing well. College baseball is in its most exciting part. This is the part where most people tune in. Of course, well, uh, the College World Series is where the most people tune in. But uh, uh, nevertheless, we are almost to that point. It's gone by so fast. It's a, it's a short season. It's packed with action, and you got some teams here that s- some aren't a surprise. But some are a surprise. I mean, we've been tracking it on a weekly basis, and there's some of these teams where you're just like, how the heck did you get here? But yeah, well, can't wait to get in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think with that in mind, we are going to get right to it here because nice. uh, because we, you know, we well we're not going to stay too long here in the regionals. Those are in the past, mm-hmm. uh, but you know yeah. we do need to uh, talk about everything that happened. So let's start off uh, with none other than the. Uh, the number one overall seeded Tennessee volunteers hosting their Knoxville regional Uh, friends. I think if you followed us really at any point this year, (laughs) if you, uh, if you followed really college baseball at all, uh, you know that the balls are the real deal. Um, They, uh, and they showed that uh, they showed that this weekend uh, in Knoxville at home there in the friendly confines of Lindsey Nelson stadium there on the university of Tennessee campus. Uh, yeah, Tennessee was winner's bracket straight all the way through, uh, 10 to nothing shutout of, uh, of Alabama state, uh, the four seed in game one, uh, Campbell, the camels, they, uh, they got a, uh, <laughs> they got a, uh, opening win over, uh, over Georgia tech to take them to continue them in the, uh, the winner's bracket. Tennessee gets that 12 to seven victory, uh, over Campbell in, uh, game two georgia tech comes all the way through the losers bracket uh defeats uh georgia uh defeats alabama state uh 13 4 in their second game comes back defeats uh georgia tech uh come back defeats campbell excuse me 16 5 in their next game taking them to the winner's bracket uh at that point they would need to win two um georgia georgia tech really they're they're pitching really short up you had some good offensive performance out of them for sure they were shown through a lot throughout a lot of the weekend and as you got to the championship game. Uh, however, two games would not be happening. Tennessee took care of business, closing things out late with a nine to six win to, uh, to just outright sweep their, uh, their regional there. What can you do? It's uh, <laughs> uh, Tennessee is uh, Tennessee was, um, was, uh, was legit. They, I mean, it is, is legit still. They're very much in the thick of this thing. I mean, you know, Tennessee or the field when it comes to to actually winning this entire thing this year, that's to be discussed later on. But I, uh, it, Tennessee just keeps rolling there. The Vols are absolutely on fire. That is a talented, stacked baseball team in all facets of the game. Oh. Um, so uh, there will be a Knoxville Super Regional because of that. There you go. Party up in Knoxville. Yes. And now we head out west, far out west, all the yes. way just outside the Bay Area. Bay Area to the farm. I am talking about Stanford University in other, yes. none other than Palo Alto, California, the number two seeded Stanford Cardinal hosting their Stanford regional. Um, you know, this one, uh, this one required a little bit more work uh, here out of the card. Mm. They, uh, yeah, in their, uh, their opening game, they took care of business more than handily over Binghamton 20 to seven. Wow. Texas state, <laughs> Texas state uh, defeated UC Santa Barbara seven to three. Uh, that one, you know, I, I picked UC Santa Barbara. I just talked about this on the podcast last week that I didn't have like the stats, the data to back it up. I just had this gut feeling, um, <laughs> that, you know, they would, they would upset Stanford. 
here um, in yeah. this regional. And uh, <laughs> it was not to be uh, Texas State, as we know, we a team that we have talked about throughout much of the season that they they were uh, they were all gas, no breaks, really from uh, from February <laughs> yeah. when uh, <laughs> when the season first started. Picked up some great wins throughout the way. Never never really had a faltering moments in conference play. Uh, really had more than enough of a resume to to get here into the tournament. And that was reflected in their two seed that they carried here into uh, into regionals. And um, and so they then in uh, the winners bracket in game two they defeated Stanford five to two. So that sent then uh-huh. the Cardinal to the losers bracket. Yes. Cardinal then had to uh, come back and get the eight to four victory, knocking then out the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. So that upset pick that I had went out the door. Uh, but that means because Stanford got into the championship game there in their own regional through the losers bracket, they would then have to win two. Would that happen? <laughs> uh, Stanford uh, would do so in game six there with an eight to four victory over the Bobcats of Texas State. And then in game seven, they uh, they just at the end squeaked it out over the Texas State Bobcats, four to three. Uh, congrats, Stanford, getting out, getting out of your regional. I mean, this, this was a tough one. It really was a very stacked regional with a lot of good teams in there. Uh, and Texas State certainly brought their A game uh, uh out there to uh to palo alto um steven trout and his squad there with texas state excellent job tip of the cap to y'all not wearing a cap but if i uh, was right now i'd be tipping it to you guys it's a baseball uh, podcast man you gotta, <laughs> hey you gotta I, I work hard i work hard on this hair you know i yeah I wear caps a lot of times but uh i take good care of uh of this hair i pay pay good money for the haircut there you go i wear, I wear a hard hat almost every day so you just learn to <laughs> Not worth the effort. Yeah, that's fair. Hard hat hair. Really, yeah, you don't really get a uh, opportunity to show off the uh, show off the dome at all out there on the uh, out in the uh, out in the work field. Um, anyways, we digress. We're not a hair podcast. We're a uh, we're a baseball <laughs> podcast. Um, so Stanford, they are the winner of that regional, and we stay out on the West Coast, uh, heading just uh, just north there, a little bit further up to the uh, state. One state north of uh, of California, that is the state of Oregon and the Oregon yes. State Beavers in Corvallis, hosting mm-hmm. that regional number three overall seed. What happened here with Beavers? Well, uh, you know this th- this was also a, a regional that had a lot of action as well too. Uh, it was a pretty yeah. pretty good field overall. You had the they were went up against the four seeded in their regional in that opening game, the WAC champions, the New Mexico State Aggies, and uh, they had to squeak out a five to four win right there at the mm. end over the Aggies. Uh, the Aggies were just playing really strong pitching, uh, really good situational hitting, uh, you know, taking advantage of uh, of the opportunities as they came along, and they gave Oregon State a scare there in their own yeah. regional. Um, Vanderbilt, uh, did drop the opening game, San Diego and the Toreros, uh, three to two, uh, there. So that sent Oregon state and San Diego into the, uh, into the winner's bracket there in for game two for them. Uh, Oregon state absolutely, uh, absolutely demolishes them 12 to three, which then sends, uh, sends the, the Toreros to a, uh, Losers bracket matchup there against the Commodores of Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt gets a 14 to four win over San Diego moving Vanderbilt into the championship game, which means that Vanderbilt would need to win two. Uh, well, they got one win in the opening of that, uh, championship series there, uh, an eight to one victory over Oregon state in game six, sending it to a game seven, and then Oregon state, uh, squeaks it out seven to six with a win uh there to win the corvallis regional and move on the supers uh oregon state helped out all of america ensured that the vandy whistler would not be uh would not be making uh any further trips mm-hmm. in this postseason so uh oh, vanderbilt <laughs> congrats uh yeah vanderbilt the uh the school playing uh playing the one sport that they're really good in and that they yes. get to claim uh, SEC supremacy in because <laughs> they don't do a whole lot of anything else. <laughs> there. But that's, but that's yeah. because you go to, you go to Vanderbilt to learn and to expand your brain, <laughs> not to, mm-hmm. not to, not for athletics a lot of times. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. But then 
we uh, we move out to the number four. Uh, we move in back out east uh, to the number four overall seeded team, Virginia Tech Hokies, hosting <laughs> their Blacksburg Regional, their first regional that they had hosted in nine years uh, since Pete Hughes was the coach there back in 2013, right before he left for Oklahoma. You know, I I was this is one of these regionals where I was just very skeptical of. Um, Virginia Tech had an absolutely mm. incredible season. This kind of felt almost like in a situation with Oregon last year where they were making it back to a regional for the first time in a really long time. You have a, an entire team that of guys that hadn't experienced anything like this. Um, and I didn't see this as the toughest regional in the world, but I was just, I just saw it as very suspect for, uh, mm-hmm. for the Hokies in this. But Hokies proved me wrong. They proved all of yeah. America wrong. They proved all the doubters wrong. Yes. They, uh, the there are offense- no doubters. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. But yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the offensive explosion continued out there in Blacksburg on the hills of Virginia. And uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies in their opening game over the Wright State Raiders, a 15-9 victory to move them into the winner's bracket. Uh, Columbia would take care of Gonzaga with an 8-2 victory uh, there to move them into the winner's bracket. Virginia Tech moves on uh, in the uh, the winner's bracket with that 24-4 victory over Columbia. Uh, like I said, offensive firepower. Uh, in the elimination bracket side of things, Gonzaga defeats Wright State, sends them home packing 0-2 in that regional they uh, Gonzaga continues on in the uh, the losers bracket with a 15 to 6 uh, and drops that game 16 uh, 15 to 6 um, over Columbia so that means faces up the uh, Columbia Lions out of the I- Ivy League against Virginia Tech Columbia would need to win two uh, in their return to baseball play after a couple of years uh, away due to covid uh, in order to win that regional in Blacksburg but Virginia Tech shut the door on it. They took care of business. It was a 7-2 win there in game six. Virginia Tech is the winner of their own regional. There you go. And then moving on to College Station. See, Stad. <laughs> yes. The uh, number five Texas seated Texas A&M Aggies. If I can look at the correct bracket here. <laughs> I'm looking ahead to Super Regionals. That is the wrong thing to click. <laughs> <laughs> What happened there? Uh, speeding things along here, picking it up a bit. Um, and then really just took care of business all the way through. Uh, went straight to the uh, the winner's bracket with an opening win over Oral Roberts. Uh, Louisiana battles back. Uh, Louisiana gets in the winner's bracket as well. With an opening win over TCU. But TCU ultimately comes back um, or through the loser's bracket, gets in the championship series. Uh, but it's a 15-9 blowout of uh, A&M and uh, Jim Schloss-Nagel's former team over uh, the TCU Horned Frogs. Pretty cool moments at the end of uh, end of game six after the game was over. Uh, Schloss apparently went and uh, spent time with a lot of uh, his former players over there, shook hands, gave hugs, all that. He, uh, he admitted going into the regional that, hey, I didn't spend... Uh, I really just kind of left pretty quickly after I got the job down in uh, down College Station. So he made it up and <laughs> uh, went and go spent some time and acknowledged uh, a lot of his old players down there. So classy move by Schloss. Yeah, it's a <laughs> heat of the moment type of situation when you get uh, when you get a new job um, somewhere. And uh, but you know that's, that's some good closure and uh, an end on the the old chapter there. And you know the future looks bright for the Aggies right now. Really good baseball is back in College oh, yeah. Station. Yeah, the Aggies have really, uh, they have really been fighting from behind from the beginning of the season, but I'm very, very, very proud of them. Every SEC uh, recap I would do, I would be like, come on, AM, I'm rooting for you guys. And I'm just, you know, you're surprised. You just see them on the outskirts the whole time. And then as of late, they're just surging. So I don't know. <laughs> These teams, man, it's another gear. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And then we move on to Coral Gables. So uh, the uh, the Coral Gables Regional, hosted by the number six overall Miami Hurricanes, a storied team in college baseball. Uh, they uh, they get an eleven to six opening win over Kansas to uh, to move straight into the winners bracket. Ole Miss does the same. The very last team in the last four in a controversial 
big, mm, but mm, they mm, showed mm. from uh, from the beginning that they they wanted to prove that they belonged, and they did so, getting a seven to four win over uh, over Arizona. So Miami and Ole Miss will move into the winners bracket. Uh, Miami would then drop that game two to Ole Miss. Um, they're two to one. Uh, Arizona knocks out Canisius seven to five. So that means then uh, Arizona and Miami face up against each other and Arizona knocks Miami out of their own regional with a four to three win over them. So that means that the regional final of Coral Gables was against the Ole Miss Rebels and uh, the uh, the Arizona Wildcats. And Tim Elko had an absolute field day for, uh, for the Rebels out there. It was a 22 to six final victory there in game six. So Ole Miss straight through the winners brackets and opposing t- in uh, in a regional on the road, uh, they uh, <laughs> up and down season uh, continues here uh, on the upside. In this uh, this case here, winning the Coral Gables regional, hats off to the Rebs. Mm-hmm. Now we we move on to the number seven overall seeded team. In the country, and that was the Oklahoma State Cowboys, and what a wild regional this was! They get the ten to five win in the uh, opening game over the Missouri State Bears. Uh, Arkansas handles their business handily, seven to one over Grand Canyon. Uh, in <laughs> the next game, the winners bracket, Arkansas defeats Oklahoma State twenty to twelve. It looked like it looked like Arkansas, it looked like Oklahoma State had this game in hand. They, they throw their two-way star, Nolan McClain, out there to close it out, uh, leave him in too wrong, gives up a whole bunch of runs, including, I believe, a grand slam. Uh, just this game gets away from them, so that sends Oklahoma State back to the loser's bracket. Um, with Missouri State defeating Grand Canyon, that means that the uh, they'd be facing the Bears and the loser's bracket there. Uh, and at one point, they were very much down to Missouri State. I forget the exact, uh, exact number of where they were, but uh, they take care of business coming back more than handily with a 29 to 15 win over uh over the Missouri State Bears so that then sets up the championship series where Oklahoma State would have to in their uh, in their own regional win two games to ultimately win it they take care of business the first time uh 14 to 10 the win in game 6 uh over uh over Arkansas and then fortunately Arkansas would get the 7 to 3 win the uh, the Cowboys are uh, are eliminated here in their own regional this year. So Arkansas is the winner of the Stillwater Regional. Offense galore, uh, just really really entertaining baseball to see out there. It was a, I heard it was just an absolutely electric <laughs> environment down Stillwater over the weekend. You know, it's only a couple of, uh, of hours away from uh, from uh, from Fayetteville, so uh, a lot of Arkansas fans uh, drove in. And uh, and caught that uh, caught that regional. So uh, fun times on Stillwater. The Cowboys will be back. I think they're they, you know they they've still got some talent. I think that will return. You know they've got some guys that are going to go pro as well. Justin Campbell's probably on their way out of there on his on his way out of there. Um, but uh, yeah, t- tough to see it end that way. Uh, you know our, our Red Raiders have been on that end of kind of situations before. We can think back to 2017 of being a hot favorites into the postseason there and uh, losing your own regional and getting knocked out early. Uh, but Hey, it happens. That's college baseball. Uh, yeah. You yep. Go ahead and give your, uh, any thoughts that you've got there. Boom. Say with the cap to the red Raiders. You think you had the most realistic expectations of them from the start. Uh, I had a lot of homerism with the red Raiders, but uh, it just, it just seemed like they weren't, super elite they were scrappy they were self-described as scrappy and that's really the best way you can uh, you can describe them uh tadlock described them as scrappy they just they overachieved and i think once they finally get some killer rosters down tadlock is bound to get a championship at some point uh the recruiting is going to be there so but the recruiting class for the upcoming year. I mean, we'll talk about more about tech in, in a few when we get to the number 16 overall regional where they were in. Um, oh, yeah. But the uh, the recruiting class coming in is like top five, top 10, I believe, right now. Absolutely. Um, got yeah. some really elite position players, elite arms that are coming in. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is a very young team. You got you have pieces like Hudson White and Owen Washburn that will return and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. But yeah, uh, tech tech will continue to be great here. Yes, uh, probably forward. They're, they're, the the window is 
still more than open. And I mean, this is yeah, this is a team that doesn't rebuild; they reload. That's that's how yes. Tech baseball works at this point right now. They're one of those teams in the country, and you know, Oklahoma State's the same way. They will they'll just continue to reload. Yep, it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. And so then we uh, we continue to head back further east, uh, out of America's heartland, and out to the Carolinas and to Greenville, North Carolina, where yes. the East Carolina Pirates were hosting the uh, regional as the number eight overall seed in the country. Uh, Pirates take care of uh, of business ultimately out of here. A little bit of a bump along uh, at the end there, but seventeen to one victory over Coppin State to. Uh, to open up things, they came out swinging. They were they were not playing around at all. Uh, Virginia, the Cavaliers defeat Coastal Carolina seven to two. In uh, the losers bracket, that's in since uh, Coast has Coastal Carolina playing against Coppin State. Uh, Coastal Carolina defeats Coppin State to uh, knock them out of there. Back to the winners bracket, it's a four to two victory of East Carolina over Virginia. Uh, Virginia sent to the losers bracket. And that means Coastal Carolina would defeat them seven to six. So the championship series of East Carolina and Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina gave them a serious fight, nine to one win uh, over the Pirates in Game Six, sending it to Game Seven. But in Game Seven, the Pirates came out swinging, and it was a thirteen to four final victory for the Pirates there in Greenville to win the Greenville Regional. And then we uh, we move out to the number nine overall seeded regional in the country down to Austin and the Texas Longhorns yeah. Longhorns <laughs> came out one 11, three over air force. This was the air force, the Falcons first NCAA tournament appearance since 1969. Wow. Uh, and the air and the air force Falcons, while they would have get defeated in game one over, uh, uh, by the, uh, the Longhorns handily 11, three, um, you know, they would, uh, th- that wouldn't be the end of them. We'll talk more about them in a second. So, uh, the other side there, uh, the bracket, Louisiana take the tech takes care of business over DBU 12 to five, uh, moving into the, uh, but then kind of finishing out the, the losers bracket real quick, air force would defeat DBU, send them packing home own two, uh, and then air force would come back nine to seven, uh, to beat Louisiana tech then. And the next game of the losers bracket, and then Texas over Louisiana Tech would be the score of five to two, uh, and the loser in the winners bracket for Texas. So the championship series, uh, Air Force to win that would need to win two games. Uh, Texas more than took care of business; it was a ten to one win over Air Force there. Uh, but just a really cool show of class there at the end of that game. Uh, just just a great job to see Air Force ultimately make um, make it to the championship series there. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, the, the fans there at Dishfalk Field down in Austin were chanting USA a whole lot there right, as the game was finishing <laughs> up. So they're playing the Eyes of Texas at the end there. You've got the, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, with football season where you've got the uh, the opposing, uh, you've got the uh, the military academies when they're, uh, um, they'll go and, uh, you know, if they're, it's a road game, um, uh, they'll go and, uh, stand behind uh the uh the home team there uh as they're doing their alma mater just always a show of class and it was the same way here you had air force they stood right behind the uh the longhorns there as they were playing the eyes of texas just an all-around classy moment said a couple times before but you know with, with these military academies uh it does not matter the sports that they are playing that is the easiest thing that they do on a weekly basis is playing sports there. Everything else, they have a college experience unlike any other that is rigorous academically, physically, mentally. And for those guys to uh, to also compete in sports as well. On top of all that, tip of the cap to those fellas. Uh, congrats, Air Force. What way, yeah, way to go on a great 2022 season. Looking Good forward job. to what y'all bring to the table next year. Mm-hmm. And then we head back out east, once again, to the Carolinas, and this time to the Triangle in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And that was the uh, the Chapel Hill Regional, hosted by the number 10 overall seeded North Carolina Tar Heels. UNC, 15-4, takes care of Hofstra in game one. VCU takes care of uh, Georgia, 8-1 to in their first game. <laughs> Goodness, Georgia just... Uh, Absolutely takes care of business over Hofstra in uh, 
in uh, the first game of the losers bracket. I didn't realize this until I was tuning in briefly to the regional. You know who the uh, the head coach is for Hofstra? No idea. <laughs> Frank Catalanato. Caliendo? Uh, uh, I think it's not Frank Caliendo. Frank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Frank Catalanato. The uh, the hey. former like however many years he played in Major League Baseball. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's nice. the, uh, he's the head coach of, uh, of Hofstra there. But yeah. Hofstra goes home on two, but moving on in the brackets of how this, uh, how things went out, went on, uh, North Carolina did get sent to the, uh, to the loser side of the bracket, uh, in their next game, uh, with a four to three loss over VCU, uh, North Carolina then takes care of Georgia six to five, just squeaks it out there. Uh, and once they got to the championship series, they turned it on, uh, Nineteen mm-hmm. eight victories, uh, nineteen eight game six victory over VCU, and then seven to three game seven victory over VCU. The Tar Heels are the winner of the Chapel Hill Regional. To Hattiesburg now, and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Mm-hmm. Southern Miss takes care of Army in a very low scoring, uh, kind of old school, no three true outcomes type of game with a two to nothing victory over uh, over the Knights of uh, of West Point. And uh, and then you have uh, LSU that took care of business over Kennesaw State. So it's Southern Miss and LSU in the winner's bracket there. Uh, Kennesaw State then takes care of Georgia, uh, not Georgia, uh, Army, 9-8 in the elimination bracket. And then Southern Miss would take care of them 4-3 to three on that side of the bracket. But back to the winner's bracket, LSU takes care of... Uh, um, yeah, LSU would take care of that in the winner's bracket there. And like I just said, Southern Miss would take care of Kennesaw State in the loser's bracket. So it's an LSU and Southern Miss bracket. But in this situation, another host team that has to win two in order to win their regional. And they would do just that. LSU brought a uh, fight out there at Hattiesburg. Uh, Southern Miss gets that 8-4 to four game six victory over the Tigers of LSU and then takes home the victory 8-7. to seven game seven over LSU. And so Southern Miss is the regional winner. And now we head out to Louisville, Kentucky, not talking about the Kentucky Derby, though there definitely was uh, the offense at times was a bit of a horse race between some of these teams um, here on Louisville. So Louisville with the seven to two victory over Southeastern Missouri state to open up that game. Michigan takes care of business eight to six over Oregon, uh, Oregon would then take care of business in the losers bracket to knock out Missouri State 18 to 6. Louisville knocks out Oregon 8 to 5 in the losers bracket. And then back into the winners bracket, Michigan takes care of uh, Louisville 7 to 3. So that's a Michigan and Louisville um, uh, final there. And once again, once again Louisville's got to win two. Uh, Louisville uh, 20 to 1. They blow out victory over. Uh, in game six there over Michigan and the Wolverines. Uh, and then they would take care of business 11 and nine uh, win at uh, there in game seven. It's not without a bit of controversy. Um, there was a, uh, should have been a called uh, called out uh, with the base runner being tagged um, with, with the base runner in motion. Excuse me there. Uh, I think it was around like the sixth or seventh inning that would have, um, would have kept the game tied at seven to seven. Um, but uh, uh, that call was not made. They called the runner safe. And then Louisville just kind of opens up their offense even more. Uh, Michigan can't do enough to, to get back there. Very questionable call. Uh, just not sure what, what they were looking at replay wise there, what, what the decision-making was going in there. Uh, a bit of an ump show. There was kind of some ump show activity throughout regionals um, <laughs> yes. uh, over this past weekend, which is, Unfortunate. That's not what the game of baseball is about. You're, you're there to be. You're, you're. Yeah, we get it. It's a thankless job. But you're not there to be. You're not there to be known. Um, yeah. <laughs> out, uh, out there on the mound. So, um, just a yeah, unfortunate situation with that. But hey, Louisville took care of. Uh, took advantage of what they were handed uh, in their situation. Um, so yeah, congrats to them. Louisville's still a really good team, and they'll have a good. Uh, they'll have a good matchup um, out in. Uh, on a on college station against the Aggies. And then we head to Gainesville and, uh, you know, this, this was a, this was a 
a regional that I really have my eye on here. Ooh, uh, Florida, yeah. Central Michigan, Liberty, Oklahoma, just a very stacked regional. Uh, Florida would yes. take care of business in the opening game, 7-3 to three over Central Michigan. Uh, Oklahoma over Liberty, 16-3 in their opening game. In the loser's bracket, Central Michigan knocks out Liberty, 3-2. to two. Uh, Oklahoma takes care of Florida, 9-4. to four. Florida then takes care of Central Michigan, 6-5 to five in the loser's bracket. So setting up uh, a... Uh, a uh, Florida versus Oklahoma uh, regional final. Um, yeah, once again, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Florida, because they went to the, uh, to the losers bracket, they'd have to win two. And then game six, they got that win seven to two over Oklahoma. But Oklahoma would get the game seven win five to four to be the rent winner of that Gainesville regional. Uh, we'll talk more about this Oklahoma team, but I really started becoming a believer of them in recent weeks. Um, and they are just, they're, they're showing it's for real for right now. We'll, we'll talk more about the Sooners here soon, but, uh, yeah, props to props to Skip Johnson squad. Uh, did that done absolutely incredible job out Norman with them. And they're taking it on the road this, uh, this year, they'll go to Blacksburg. Uh, and I think they're, they're going to keep the heat going, uh, when they're out there. Uh, we move out to the Plains and Auburn, the number 14 overall seed Tigers hosting their Auburn regional 19 to seven win over the Southeastern Louisiana Alliance to open things up. Florida state took care of business five to three in that uh, opening game. And then Auburn uh, and then UCLA in their, uh, in their elimination bracket game, 16 to two wins to knock out the uh, Southeastern Louisiana Lions uh, handily. Uh, UCLA then, uh, after uh, after Auburn sent Florida State to the losers bracket in a 21-7 victory over them, UCLA then picks up the 2-1 win over Florida State. And then Auburn gets the uh, victory over UCLA 11-4 in the uh, the regional final there, very convincingly. Auburn, a kind of controversial host for regionals because of their, um, just because of, Losing several series right at the end of the uh, end of the season, not a great showing in uh, in Hoover for the SEC tournament. But they uh, they didn't care. They they knew who they are. They you know they've got Sunny D. They've got other uh, other key pieces there um, in that club. And yeah, back to the NCAA tournament for them this year. And they uh, they they came out swinging, and uh, they're moving on to supers now. So congrats mm-hmm. to the Tigers there. Head on the road out to Corvallis, out west to go play the Tigers, uh, to go play the Beavers, excuse me. And then down to our last couple of regionals, number 15 overall seeded Maryland Terrapins out in the College Park Regional hosting out there. 23 to 2 convincing win for the Chirps, the opening game. Uh, UConn takes care of business 8 to 7 over Wake Forest. Wake Forest then knocks out uh, Long Island. Uh, 10 to four uh, in the winner's bracket, UConn 10 to five victory over Maryland, uh, Maryland, then, uh, in the loser's bracket of their own regional 10 to five victory over wake forest. That means that Maryland in their own regional is going to need to win two in game six. They take care of business squeaking out seven to six over UConn, uh, UConn has a, uh, though would come and back and win this, uh, in game seven, 11-8 was not without a little bit of controversy there uh, once again here at the end. Uh, Chris Allian, the uh, star first baseman, five-year uh, five-year veteran of uh, of Maryland, their Chirps baseball program, a guy who's really helped build that program there. Um, he had a really uh, controversial, was a really controversial call made at the end there. Uh, he got a, uh, he got a base hit. Uh, however, um, he was, uh, he was called out after he was running on the wrong side of the foul line. He was re- He ran to the base <laughs> on the inside. There was basically called as interference. He was out. So it absolutely kill, uh, the momentum, uh, late in the game for that Terps program. Um, Terps unfortunately knocked out their, uh, their own regional, that dream season in the big 10 that they had comes to an end. Uh, and Jim Penders, Yukon Huskies, they're heading out to a super regional for the first time, I believe in 11 years um, now. So uh, congrats to UConn. They'll go out to the farm and play Stanford there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then the Statesboro regional Statesboro, Georgia and Georgia Southern university where our Texas tech red Raiders are playing uh, over the weekend. 
And so Georgia Southern gets the eight to uh, nothing victory over UNC Greensboro to open things up. Notre Dame squeaks out a uh, a three to two win at the end on a wild. Uh, they got the go ahead run on a wild pitch by uh, by Mason Molina. There just a really tough performance. Only has played at a very high level lately. Came in late there after an excellent uh, starting showing by uh, by Chase Hampton. Uh, but it was not to be, so that sent our Red Raiders to the losers bracket, uh, where they would have to get a two to nothing win over UNC Greensboro the next day. So they were staying alive, and then Georgia uh, Georgia Southern got relegated to the losers bracket after a six to four victory over Notre Dame. So that meant that our Red Raiders would uh, would have to play Georgia Southern in the losers losers bracket there in order to get into the regional final, and so. Texas Tech gets the three to one win over the George, over the George, over Georgia Southern. Excuse me, easy for me to say. And then that means that Tech, you know, I thought that was pretty loud. They knocked out their, uh, they knocked out the hosting team uh, out of their own regional there. And so that means you get to you get another shot, you get another two shots. Uh, you know, if things go right, over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But it was not to be. Uh, you know, the, just really struggle with situational pitching and really be, being able to push across uh, runners in scoring position um, over the weekend for the Red Raiders. Uh, and so they load things up right there at the end. Two, they're down two to one in the ninth. Uh, Jace Young, unfortunately, grounds out. And uh, there at the end, the regional is over. The just tough end there for was most likely Jace Young's last collegiate at bat. I mean, it's it's pretty much deep announced on Twitter today that that is the case. I mean, it's about to go pro. He's about to be a very hot commodity within Major League Baseball. But that means yes. that Notre Dame moves on out of Statesboro, and they will go on the road to face the Tennessee Vols. So with that in mind, that means that we have eight the regionals eights. now, also known as the Super Regionals, the, uh, yes. the Sweet 16. Of college baseball because yes. there are two teams each playing there. Yes. So previewing, uh, previewing each of these regionals here. So you've got number one overall seed Tennessee versus Notre Dame in the Knoxville super regional. Uh, what, yeah. What is there only like about this Tennessee team? Uh, you've talked about them here. You've got guys like Jared Dickey, uh, Drew Gilbert, Trey Lipscomb, batting 383, 373, and 363 <laughs> respectively. Lipscomb has 21 home runs in the Yule uh, year. Jurel Ortega has uh, 17. Jordan Beck with 16. Uh, Seth Stevenson has 25 stolen bases. Um, Pitching-wise here, Chase Dollander, 238 ERA. Chase Burns, 269. Drew Beam, 272. 103 strikeouts for Dollander on the year, 98 for for Chase Burns. Um, So that team is just stacked from top to bottom. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame is a bit more kind of, they they play a bit more uh, old-school uh, more well-rounded ball, not, not going to absolutely swing for the fences on everything. Um, but you know, they've still got some good guys here, like Brady Gump, 375, uh, batting average, Nick DeMarco also at 375. Brooks Kotze, the third has 11 home runs. Jack, Jack Ziska has 11 home runs. Ryan Coyle with 20, Ryan Cole, excuse me, with 20 stolen bases, Jack Brannigan with 10, uh, John Michael Bertrand, 227 ERA. That guy is an absolutely elite ace um, within college baseball. Really done things. Um, he has 103 strikeouts on the year. There's uh, both two really good teams, but I've got, uh, but you know, I think Tennessee's got the uh, the edge here. Um, moving yep. out to the moving out to the Stanford uh, Super Regional. Uh, you got Brett Barrera hitting three 352. Carter Graham 345. Trevor Haskins 333. Graham has 22 home runs on the year. Brock Jones was 17. Jones also has 15 stolen bases. Pitching has really been the calling card for this uh, this Cardinal team this year. Quinn Matthews with nine wins. Credit to him. Alex Williams with eight. Williams is a 235 ERA. Matthews, 269. Joey Dixon, 348. Matthews with 102 strikeouts. Alex Williams with 89. And then Drew Dowd with 66 on the year. <coughs> Excuse me. And then taking a look here at UConn, you know, UConn, we, uh, we, we touched on them at periods of time here, uh, throughout the season, but you know, UConn, it doesn't surprise me ultimately look at that. They are playing as well as they do, um, here because they just, they had the momentum all year long. Uh, yes, they do not, they didn't play 
like a great schedule really all year. I mean, that's why, you know, the team that was 49, it's 49, 14, uh, 16 and five in the big East, uh, went on the road, um, in regionals because, uh, yeah, the hosting just really wasn't an option for them. The RPI was, uh, was not great at all. They, uh, even, you know, as they kept winning, they just, you're, you're not, you're a pretty far North team there. You're going on the road. You're getting what you can with your non-conference schedule. I mean, I'm looking at this, like the teams that they play like North Florida, FIU, Pepperdine, Rhode Island, Kent state. I mean, in the big East play St. John's seeing the hall, Villanova, Butler, Creighton, uh, not, none of these are really known as just great, baseball programs so you play with what you're what you're given there but mm-hmm. UConn took care of business with what they were given uh and they are a uh they're a focus team they are uh they've been coming in playing very well here into the postseason uh Corey Morton batting 411 Eric Stock 366 Ben Huber 325 Casey Dana has 12 home runs Matt Donlin with 11 Ben Huber with with 11 David Smith is 23 stolen bases uh, pitching wise here, you know, you've got some good guys as well here. Austin Peterson has 11 wins, Pat Gallagher, 11 wins credited to his start, uh, 10 wins credited to his starts. Excuse me. Gallagher's ERA is 317. Uh, Enzo Stefanoni with a 320 ERA, Austin Peterson with a 330. Peterson has 145 strikeouts on the year. Pat Gallagher with 102. Uh, and that's going to be, that's going to be a close one over the weekend yeah. in, uh, in Palo Alto, we'll talk more about that as uh, here as we close things out uh, in a bit. But moving then to the Corvallis Regional, further up north at the West Coast, uh, Oregon State here. Uh, we talked about these guys all year. Justin Boyd, 366 batting. Jacob Melton, 360. Wade Meckler, 355. Melton has 16 home runs. Uh, he has also has 24 stolen bases. Melton has 21 stolen bases. Travis Bazana has 13 stolen bases and Meckler 12. Uh, and then, you know, they've they've got the pitching to, to, to help back that up as well. Cooper Jerpy, 10 wins, Jacob Matz, eight Jerpy's ERA is 240. Uh, you got 155 strikeouts credited to Jerpy and then 75 to Ben Ferrer and Matz has 65. Um, yeah, lot, Lots to continue to like here heading into the postseason. You know, they 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 had a scare over uh, over the weekend with regionals, but they're continuing to grind things out. Um Auburn, Sonny D, Sonny Deshar, as we've talked about. Uh <laughs> that man is an absolute unit, batting 397 on the year. Blake Rambush, 353 batting, Brady Moss, 333. Deshara has 20, 20 home runs on the year. Uh Blake Rambush is 16 stolen bases, Case and Howell 11. Brody Moore has uh, has five stolen bases. Um, you know, the pr- pretty decent pitching here. You know, this is definitely more of an offensive-driven team. We've got Joseph Gonzalez with seven wins. Credit to him. Carson Skipper with five. Gonzalez's ERA is a two ninety. Trace Bright with eighty four strikeouts and Mason Barnett with seventy four. Um, yeah, I I think I was I originally was really tempted to pick Auburn, but. I think Oregon mm-hmm. State's got more of uh, more of the shot here um, in this uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, so heading out to the Blacksburg Regional, uh, yeah, Jack Hurley batting 380, Tanner Schobel 374, Carson Jones 364, Nick Bittison 353. This offense has been stout all year. Uh, home runs have been the name of the game for this team. Schobel with 18, Kate Hunter with 16, Gavin Cross with 16, Carson Demartini with 14, Jack Curley with 13, Nick Bittison has 21 stolen bases, Gavin Cross 21, Kate Hunter with 11, Jack Curley with 10. Um, pitching wise here, Drew Hackenberg. Drew, uh, you know, that Hackenberg last name sounds uh, familiar. Yes, he is the brother of Christian Hackenberg. He is one of four brothers in the Hackenberg family. Athletic group of lads, and uh, he is the youngest of them all. And uh, you know he's been he's been a stud uh, pitching for that team. Ten wins on the year, three ten ERA, eighty four strikeouts. Also has uh, Griffin Green with seven wins and a four fifty two ERA. Uh, Graham Fivered has uh, has sixty eight strikeouts and Griffin Green fifty nine on the year. Um, so yeah, this is a that's a it's a pretty stout Virginia Tech team. They've just had an incredible year. Oklahoma heading in there to Blacksburg for that super regional. Uh, Tanner Treadway batting 367, John Spikerman 348, 
Payne Graham, 339. Payne Graham with 19 home runs. Jack, Jackson Nicholas with nine. Jimmy Crooks with seven. Brett Squire, six. And Treadway, six. Payne Graham is 32 stolen bases. Treadway, 23. Kendall Pettis, 22. Blake Robertson, 12. And then John Spikerman, 11. Uh, yeah, you know, pitching-wise, the it can be a little up and down at times for this group, but I think they're really locking things in uh, at the light, the right time that they need. Uh, David Sandlin, uh, he may have a 525 ERA, but the man has eight wins credited to him on the year, and he gets strikeouts uh, when they're needed the most with 83 on the season. Jake Bennett also eight wins, and uh, Bennett's ERA leads the team at 369. Chaz Martinez uh, right there in between him and Sandlin at 494. Bennett leads uh, the squad with 112 strikeouts on the year. Um, I'm giving the, I'm, oh, we'll talk more about it in a second. Yeah, I, I'm kind of giving some of these picks away because I intended to give my uh, predictions right there at the end. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> get, getting a little ahead of myself here. Um, let's talk about the uh, College Station Regional here. So Jack Moss batting 388, Austin Boast from AM batting 368. Uh, Dylan Rock, 340. Rock has 18 home runs in the year. Ryan Targuk has uh, 14. Austin Boast has uh, has nine. Uh, Dylan Rock, 16 stolen bases lead this team. Ryan Targuk's 11 uh, or second. And Cole Kaler's 10 are third. Uh, pitching, you know, it's, it's kind of been, been a work in progress uh, and, you know, some good performances at times as well too, but it's stepping up at the right times here for this team. Micah Dallas leading the team with uh, six wins on the season. Joseph Menefee with six. Chris Hortez with six. Nathan Detmer, 467 ERA. Micah Dallas with a 538. Uh, 79 strikeouts from Dallas. Menefee with 78 uh, strikeouts. Detmer with 71. Um, yeah, uh, definitely a, uh, a Schloss, uh, Jim Schloss, Nagel kind of team with uh, you know pretty good pitching and, uh, and a lot of offense to go with it. And it's all coming together at the right time here. For those Aggies, Louisville going into College Station for their regional. Chris Singh with a 385 batting average. Jack Payne with 354. Kristen Napsick with a uh, uh, 343. Dalton Rushing has 22 home runs for this team. Ben Metzinger, 19. Car- Cameron Masterman with 18. Levi Usher with 36 stolen bases. Wow. Christian Napsick, 17. Ben Metzinger, 11. And Isaac Humphrey, 11. Uh, pitching wise, you know, they do a pretty good job as well in this department. Uh, Tate Kaner, seven wins as a starter. Jared Poland, five. Riley Phillips, five. Kaner has a 339 ERA. Poland with a 343 ERA. Poland has 96 strikeouts. Kaner, 67. And then Riley Phillips, 64. Going to be a fun one there in College Station. Going to be a lot of offense. Outs to Hattiesburg and the Southern Miss Super Regional. Dustin Dickerson leads this team with a 326 batting average. Rodrigo Montenegro, 310. Danny Lynch, 293. Christopher Sargent, 21 home runs. Carson Pato, 16. Will McGillis, 16. Dickerson with six stolen bases. McGillis, six. Uh, Pato, four. Slade Wilkes, four. Uh, Pitching-wise, that really is the calling card for this program. Tanner Hall with, uh, with nine. Uh, wins as a starter. Hunter Riggins, eight. Hurston Waldrop, six. Hunter Riggins leading the team with a 259 ERA. Tanner Hall not far behind at 261, and then Waldrop at 297. Uh, this team they strike people out. 140 strikeouts lead this team with Tanner Hall, Hurston Waldrop with 128, and then Hunter Riggins at 85. This this is going to be a, a an interesting one to watch as well because um, you've got Ole Miss coming to town. Uh, Tywone Malone three uh, 444 batting average. Kevin Graham 338. Ben Van Cleve, 325. Calvin Harris, 313. Uh, Tim Elko uh, talked about this man a lot throughout the season. 22 home runs on the year. Jacob Gonzalez was 17. And then Peyton uh, Chatanier, I'm probably butchering that last name there, but with 11 uh, home runs on the year. And then TJ McCants, 10 stolen bases. Chantanier, 6. And then Justin Bench with 4. Pitching-wise, um, that, you know, that's pitching is one, none of these teams, you know, the, the numbers are deceiving because it's a lot better at this point now than it has been earlier, earlier points in the year. Dylan Delucia, five wins credit to him, uh, and only a 469 ERA, but he's stepping up at the right time for this team. Hunter Elliott leads the team with a 317 ERA. Elliott has 82 strikeouts. Dylan Delucia, uh, was 79, and then Brandon Johnson was 66. 
moving out to Chapel Hill and the uh, Super Regional there hosted by the Diamond Heels of North Carolina. Let's talk about these Diamond Heels. Danny Soretti leading this team with a 365 batting average. Angel Serrate, 360. Eric Grintz with 333. Vance Honeycutt has 40, 24 home runs on the year. Albert Osuna with 20 home runs. Mac Horvath with 18. Uh, Vance Honeycutt with 29 stolen bases. Horvath with 19. Pitching-wise, led by Brandon Schaefer, seven wins. Kyle Mott with six wins. Max Carlson with 361 ERA. Schaefer with a 373 ERA. Carlson with 84 strikeouts. Davis Palermo with 71. They're welcome into town, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Arkansas was a bit of a slump to end the uh, the regular season and there in Hoover um, to start the postseason. But man, have they turned it on when they need it the most. And this team, we know that they can do some damage. Why? Because they've got guys like Chris Lanzilli with a 323 batting average, Michael Turner with a 310, Caden Wallace with a 299. Uh, this team has some power. Slavens has has 15 home runs. Brady Slavens, that is, on the year. Caden Wallace with 15. Brandon Webb with 14. Caden Wallace leads this team in stolen bases at 11. Brandon Webb at 9. And Robert Moore with 5. Uh, Pitching-wise, you know, it can be it can be a little streaky at times, but you know you get if you're getting to the super regional, you're uh, uh, presumably like you, you've got either the bats to to keep you going, or you know you've got guys that are just inevitably going to stand up. Hagen Smith with six wins, starting pitcher. Connor Nolan with six. Jackson Wiggins with six. Nolan has a four one three ERA. Hagen Smith with a four eighty nine. Nolan has ninety nine strikeouts on the year. Hagen Smith seventy nine and Wiggins seventy nine. So they might give up some runs, but they. Uh, but and they might let some guys on base, but they get strikeouts when uh, when it's most necessary. So that's a good sign for, for Arkansas if they've got to go on the road again for for a super regional. As we look to our final super regional, we're going out to Greenville, staying in the great state of North Carolina, and you know, this this East Carolina team, you know, that had huge expectations going into the beginning of the year, and. They just fell into like this low. We ripped, you know, boom. We, you and I, we wrote these guys off kind of like midway through the season. There, uh, <laughs> absolutely. There was there. This team looked like they were dead in the water. But you know, yeah. April, April starts to progress. We're getting into May. They, they, this team gets hot right at the right time. Get exactly, number one yeah. seeded in their uh, their conference tournament. Go and win it all the way through. <laughs> it's the regular season champion, and then uh, they get into. Uh, into hosting their uh, their own super regional uh, super regional as a national seed. Win that means they're hosting a super regional. And so, what does this team have? You've got Lane Hoover who's batting 343. Jacob Jenkins Cowart with a 326 batting average. Bryson Whirl 324. Whirl has 18 home runs on the year. Jenkins Cowart 12. Alec Mikarovic with 10. Got Lane Hoover with 12 stolen bases, Bryson Whirl with 10. Uh, Carter Spivey is eight wins as a, as a starting pitcher. Garrett Saylor, six. CJ Mayhew with five. Spivey leads this team with a 243 ERA. Mayhew with a 282. And then Saylor's got 100 strikeouts. Spivey, 75. And then Mayhew, 66. And then the team that they will face in this <laughs> regional, the Big bad evil empire of the Texas Longhorns. Uh, preseason number one. Yes, preseason number one. You know, ha- had a rough patch <laughs> there, but they they're they're getting hot when they when it matters the most. Uh, Ivan Melendez, the Hispanic Titanic, batting four oh four on the year. That is ridiculous. He has thirty home runs. That that man is just a unit of a baseball player, uh, and he is about to. He's going to be in the pros sooner than later. Um, and going to be a hot commodity for uh, for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Murphy Staley, 372 batting average. Skylar Messenger, 370, the Kansas transfer. And uh, then you've got Murphy Staley, 17 home runs. Trey Faltini's 14. Silas Arduans, 11. Dylan Campbell with 11 stolen bases. Eric Kennedy with nine. Douglas Hodo with eight. Pete Hansen leads this team with 11 wins on the year as a starter. Uh, you've got Lucas Gordon with uh, with seven wins. Tristan Stevens with six. Uh, Gordon's two three six ERA leads this team. Hanson's three oh eight. It's not far behind. And then Tristan Stevens with a four seventy ERA. Um, 
Pete Hansen's got 112 strikeouts in the year. Lucas Gordon, 71. And then Tristan Stevens with 64. So that, uh, that does it for all eight Super Regionals this go, week 16 of college baseball. Um, last week, I, uh, I predicted Tennessee, UC Santa Barbara, Oregon State, Gonzaga, Louisville, Southern Miss, Oklahoma State, and East Carolina as my Omaha eight mm-hmm. uh, there at that time. You know, that's changed a bit based on, you know, how some of these uh, these regionals turned out and even teams that are hosting, just how I think they're going to go up against the opposing teams. Um, so this week, uh, yeah, Barrett, you've got your Omaha eight. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of talking here, sir. I want you to go ahead and give uh, some of your thoughts about what you're seeing here heading into Super Regionals and how you think these are going to turn out. Yep. Uh, so looking at the Super Regionals, a um, lot of teams that uh, – more surprises than not surprises. Um, uh, first series, Tennessee is obviously the number one team. It's going to be hard not to go for them. Uh, the second – Stanford, I picked them to win the whole thing at the very beginning, so I have to go with them, despite your convictions, Trav, that UConn are good. And I'm sure UConn are great, but I got to go with Stanford. I got to rep, rep the preseason prediction and my dad's alma mater there. Um, the Cora Valleys, that's going to be interesting. Now, Auburn is a team, having covered the SEC on a week-by-week basis, they really snuck in towards the end. And, but Oregon State's just been a powerhouse as of late. And I just, I just think Auburn might have the potential to pull it off, but uh, it's, it's 50 50. But I think Oregon State, they have too much staying power. Uh, Virginia Tech OU is a tough one. Uh, OU, I mean, bravo to them. I mean, I got to tip my cap to OU. They have really outdone themselves in the Big 12. Uh, they, they made it. They are one of two teams, Big 12 teams, and it's not Texas Tech, and it's not TCU. It's Texas and OU of all teams. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I just think their luck's about to run out. Got to go Virginia Tech. Texas A&M, Louisville, I'm going with the Ags all the way. Um, their late surge is for real, and the call station is going to be rocking Uh the Hattiesburg one's funny because of Southern Miss and Ole Miss. Ole Miss was highly pre-ranked at the beginning, and then they just fell off the map. But then they came back. Southern Miss, on the other hand, they came in towards the middle, really, and they never left. Um, but just taking a look at it, I think Southern Miss, I think Ole Miss, they've just been too wishy-washy. I don't you could maybe point it out to just a rough start, and then Ole Miss is, really is a top five, top three pre-ranked team, uh, caliber team. They just had a rough start. But I just got to believe in the in the mid-majors and go with Southern Miss. Uh, North Carolina, Arkansas, I'm going with Arkansas. Uh, they just I, – I, 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 might I might be biased because when I look at them week in and week out, I just think they're too stacked. I think their pitching's too good, so I got to go with them, uh, but I just got to go with the safe pick. And then, last but not least, this is what the, this is my opinion. This is one of the funniest ones. East Carolina. You and I both picked East Carolina in our preseason Omaha 8. And Texas, I don't, I don't remember if you picked them, but I definitely didn't. Uh, you know, they were preseason number one. I got to go with East Carolina Pirates. The Pirates, the ultimate comeback season to be pre-ranked in the top 25 so high, the highest-ranked mid-major team to go all the way back to Super Regionals ahead of so many other teams. Got to go with them. So, again, Tennessee, Stanford, Oregon State, Texas A&M, Southern Miss, Arkansas, East Carolina. Those are my Omaha 8. I, I Yeah, you know, we... Yeah, we got some differing uh, differing opinions here, but uh, as I'm talking about next, you know, I think you you definitely have some strong convictions and some good reasoning that you picked here. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, a crap we, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. we don't di- we don't differ too much here. I mean, we yeah. both we both start out once again. I'm picking Tennessee to move on. Um, I think just yeah, Notre Dame is a very good team, uh, but 
Tennessee is the much more offensive oriented team and that's that really benefits them in a park like Lindsay Nelson stadium out there in Knoxville. It plays very downhill. It's great for power. It's great for the game that Tennessee plays. So uh, give me Tennessee moving on uh, to Omaha for the second year in a row. Uh, I'm picking UConn. Um, I am just, I have been Stanford has been very good as of lately. But their mm-hmm. offense just hasn't really stuck out for me. Mm-hmm. And yes, what UConn's has, and I know that they're going to be going up against the really stout pitching staff of Stanford. But I think, uh, I think UConn. I think they're just red hot. I think this is a you know that the last team twelve years not twelve years ago ten years ago uh, there was a team from the uh, from the Upper Eastern Seaboard around that area. Uh, uh, that UConn is uh, is from that went to uh, that last was the last team from that region to go to Omaha, and that was Stony Brook University. And I believe that ten years later, the stars are just all aligning for t- for UConn to be the first team from that region to return to Omaha. So, I uh, I give me uh, give me UConn on this one. I think they take that. Well, you know Tennessee. I see them taking that one uh, uh, in two games there. I see UConn taking this one in three. I think uh, I think uh, Stanford gets a game in there. Um, uh, gets out of the first or second game, uh, but I think uh, UConn ultimately takes that one. Uh, Oregon State, I uh, I continue to see them taking care of business. Um, yeah, really good Auburn team, yeah. but I think uh, I think Oregon State is the much more complete team when you look at what they bring to the table there. I mean, yeah, they got. It has scare by some really good teams in that regional, but you know things things are often a little bit different once you get to super regionals. It just did the, the. I feel like the, the performance of play steps up that much more. What what happened to you in uh, in regionals shapes you that much more. Um, so I think Oregon State uh, is the West Coast representation this year for uh, for Omaha out there and representing the Pac-12 as well. Uh, I then, you know, going to the Blacksburg Regional, I'm picking Oklahoma. I have, uh, I've watched Oklahoma very intently here as this year has ended uh, between them uh, taking uh, the final regular season series uh, against our Red Raiders in Lubbock and then going and winning the, uh, the Big 12 championship out in Arlington and uh, in, got to go to one of the games out there and got to see, uh, see Tech play uh, OU at the beginning of the winner's brackets there uh, in Arlington. OU, that team can hit for power. They can play. Uh, they can play good small ball, situational ball. They can pitch. They have absolutely ridiculous speed and athleticism uh, on the bases and out there in the outfield with their defense. Uh, Kendall Pettis is an absolute base stealing machine. Uh, he's just an incredibly fun player to watch. Uh, not the strongest bats in the world, but the man gets on base. And when he's on base, watch out because he's going to be on third base <laughs> sooner uh, sooner than you know it. Um, so Oklahoma, I think just continues, continues a dream season for them. And, uh, you know, this, this club, Skip Johnson really needed to have a very strong year. He had, I believe this is his fifth year with the fourth or fifth year with the program. Only had had one regional appearance, uh, so far since he was out there and missed a couple of, uh, missed regionals a couple of times, um, before that, uh, as head coach, just uh, just barely, and so you really needed to see a strong year of this Oklahoma program. I think he's really solidified this long term future there as the head coach of those guys. I think Oklahoma gets back to Omaha for the first time in a long time, and the Sooners uh, the Sooners bid their goodbye uh, to the Big Twelve in uh, in epic fashion. Though I guess they're still playing with us uh, one more year next year at least. Uh, but anyways, they uh, <laughs> they they can tell the rest of the Big Twelve to kick rocks. Uh, this, this period of time right now because uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about if anybody else in the big 12 uh goes in this uh to omaha in a second uh but out to college station uh i have texas a&m handling uh um business out there two really good offensive teams uh, but i think a&m's pitching comes through just a little bit more over louisville's uh and you know they've got the uh, the home field advantage out there in college station give me texas a&m southern miss and the golden eagles um, you know, that was, uh, that was really a, a toss up for me between them and Ole Miss. Um, it, Ole Miss has the power, Southern Miss has the pitching, but I think, uh, I think Southern Miss gets the job done out there mm-hmm. in Hattiesburg. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of offense that scored, but I think 
Southern Miss will take uh, will take that one that game uh, that series in three um, in three games over uh, over um, over the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, Arkansas, uh, I think the good times just keep on rolling here for Arkansas mm-hmm. in the postseason. Uh, I think they've just got the way more well-rounded team compared to uh, um, compared to uh, compared to North Carolina, and then. I am picking East Carolina to close it out. I mean, yeah, once again, a very tough toss up here. Um, I could see this in this uh, series that goes three games. I could see that um, there, um, but I could see East Carolina ultimately taking care of it in the end. Um, I, I think it's their park that gives them the advantage there and their, their environment that they have. And I think Texas's bullpen is just a little bit, I think their bullpen could get exposed in a, in a super regional like this. So yeah, that's what my uh, Omaha eight looks like. There you go. A little bit of similarities, a, a, a few differences there. We will be convening next week to see who is correct. I just think no matter which way you slice it, I just want to get to Omaha because uh, there's just something magical about the college world series taking place smack dab in the middle of the country. It's, Looking forward to it, man. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is. It's uh, love the sport of baseball. Lo- love what we've got going on in Major League Baseball. But man, when we hit this mid to late June period, ooh, wait, uh, it is uh, it is fun baseball uh, in co- in college baseball land, and we're we're soon about to reach the Nicole of Omaha. But we've got one more weekend yes. of Super Regionals to go before we get there. Um, yes. One more weekend of of college baseball action. So got to enjoy it while we can. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Yeah, You know, we've been doing it the whole time, just step by step. And you're uh, joining us for the journey. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Subscribe to No Doubter wherever you're listening to this episode. Give us a five-star review. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at No Doubter Pod. Can follow me at boomboss at 21 travis at travis lawfully subscribe to our new our youtube channel so you can see our faces porn score you can see when our, we drink the beverages and actually show them for you so uh but yeah the visual component is there check it out uh, if you've been listening to us for a while please consider joining our patreon you get a greater level of access you help us put on the show we want to give shout outs to our longest standing patron, Tad Bostic, and Patreon producer, Don Hale. Thank you, two gentlemen. You help make the show possible. Uh, if you want to be a shout out to $2, $5, $10, whatever you want to throw away, we would greatly, immensely appreciate it. Uh, check out our merch store mugs, t shirts, hoodies, baseball shirts, phone cases, whatever you want. It's all there. I have all the links in the description below. Check it out. We just. We just want to we want to hear from you guys. We want to build a community. Folks just loving baseball. That's what we talk about week in and week out for you. So, Timon, land the plane. Friends, in the spirit of none other than the uh, a man that we just talked about who uh, lives out the uh, the no doubter way, uh, the man himself, the Hispanic Titanic, batting 404 on the year. You too, in yes. all that you're doing in life, swing for the fences. Bat 400, who knows what might happen. Great things might come in all things in life. You just never know. We love you guys, and we'll see you all next time. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Slocken and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver. 